is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here, our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. First, I want to get a little business out of the way. It'd be weird if I don't. Chicago, Illinois, the great WLS. I've been on the air 21 years, and I've never been live on WLS. I mean, I'm live, but you understand. They tried many different things over the years. It's a fantastic station. And starting Monday, we will be live WLS from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And I want to thank the management on that station uh, for doing what they've done. Old management on that station, they wouldn't budge. I wasn't lobbying. I never said a thing. But it's going to be fantastic. The nation's third largest city and metropolitan area. Now we'll be live. I also want to thank Fox. I want to thank you folks. We're expanding Life, Liberty, and Live In. Uh, we'll continue to run our show on Sunday just as is, and we're going to do a second one now on Saturdays. A fresh show, brand new show, so that's two different shows. I'm going to try and use the same or similar format. So it's what you've gotten used to, just more of it. Um. And this is only possible because of you. I don't lobby for these positions. I didn't ask WLS, but I'm thankful they did it. I didn't ask Fox for the Sunday show. They came to me. I'm thankful they did it. I didn't ask for the Saturday show. I'm thankful they did it. They have a fantastic lineup on Saturday and Sunday and throughout the week. I don't try and muscle my way in. I don't backstab anybody. I just do my thing. I'm not positioning myself. I'm too old for that. I've got too many accomplishments. I don't have to position myself. And there will be a day when I leave these airways, when I leave television, when I lay, leave digital TV, and I stop writing books. Hopefully by choice. 
my choice. Hopefully not God's, but you never know. In the end, he does make the final decision. I am deeply blessed. I know this. I'm deeply blessed by you folks. It's always been my belief that if you can bring intelligent discussion to the airwaves, whether it's radio or TV and now, of course, digital, then people will want to listen. They'll want to engage. They'll quote us. I'll quote them. But Mark, you know, you have this sometimes, you know, you can be a little gruff. Well, that's my personality. That has nothing to do with the substance. And my personality, a lot of people find intriguing, compelling, entertaining, funny. That's the nature of being a public figure. I don't even view myself as a public figure. Honest to God, you can ask any family member. I remember that speech that George C. Scott gave in Patton, the Patton movie in 1970. I've only watched that movie probably 50 times, my favorite movie. And at the end of the speech, which is the beginning of the movie, matter of fact, I might watch it this weekend. I've just talked myself into it. He says three words that have never left me. 13 years old when I watched this. Never left me. Glory is fleeting. Glory is fleeting. It certainly is. Well, my day comes by choice or by demand. And the good Lord himself. Oh, I'll be a fleeting memory. For most people, it's just the truth. There is one great old-time radio host many decades ago. He said, 500 years from now, most of us didn't exist. Now, what did he mean by that? He meant the people closest to you are the people you touch the most. Could be family, could be friends, could be a large audience of people like you. But 500 years from now, nobody's going to remember, even family. Most of us don't remember family from 500 years ago. We can't even track it back. Amazing, there's probably a thousand human beings who lived, give or take, who are remembered. Most of them are genocidal murderers, but also people who've written ideas, have had profound views, exceptional statesmen, they're remembered. But there's billions and billions of us who won't be remembered. So I say this to tell you that my ego is in check. My ego has always been in check. It doesn't mean I am not passionate about what I believe. I am passionate about what I believe. One friend once wrote that, like what he said, was a passionate intellectual. So we stole that line and we used it in an intro. But I think that's pretty much right. When I did my first show on Fox, and I want to thank them again, 
Suzanne Scott, B. Cooper, Megan, Tara, David, the whole crowd. Josh. I don't know who else to thank. Everybody. But mostly you in the audience, because none of it would matter. Quite honestly, you know, how many times has I said, if you don't watch, I'm not going to keep doing it. But I, don't, I didn't lobby for that, and I didn't lobby for this. I did my first show with the great Walter Williams. That's who I wanted to talk to. I got to know him a little bit. He got to know me. We really hit it off. He was a chain smoker. He lived his life the way he wanted to live it. His best friends were the great Thomas Saul, Dr. Saul. Both of them started out as Marxists. Both of them ended as libertarians. I wanted Walter Williams on my show. Thomas Saul was unable to travel across the country as it was, and Walter Williams was able to travel from Philadelphia to Virginia quite easily, and he was very excited about it. I was very excited about it. First guest. We got a review from Media Matters. Media Matters is full of IQ, evil, Soros sycophants. An organization that files, in my view, a false tax return, just my opinion, because it's obviously a Democrat front operation that tries to destroy Fox and conservative talk radio, but claims to be a charitable organization, bipartisan, nonpartisan. And I made a statement at the beginning of the show, and and the person who wrote this, Matt, what is his name? Matt Gertz. Nobody knows who he is. Nobody ever will. It won't take 500 years to forget him. Take about 30 seconds. It says, preventing the country from experiencing the imperial declines of Rome and the United Kingdom by preaching small government principles. It's a heady goal for a cable news program with a 10 p.m. weekend slot. And unfortunately for Levin, Fox's audience, and perhaps the Republic, the show's first episode was a glacial slog. Levin and Walter Williams spending the hour trying to pass off warm over right-wing talking points as coins of wisdom. 2013, the Daily Beast suggested Levin was the most powerful conservative you never heard of. He helped provide the intellectual architecture for the Tea Party movement with racially charged commentary stressing the purported radicalism of the Democrat Party and the need to return to the small government roots of the nation's founding. In his first episode, Levin largely focused on well-trod territory. There was a constitutional convention, shout out for the Levin heads who might be tuning in, (coughs) while those less familiar with his personal war would watch him and Williams. They never disagreed during their interview. Actually, we did. Uh, Williams was not a big fan of the Convention of States. Um... And banal talking points. This is the show for you if you think the height of political discourse is someone stating that more people are killed with knives than with rifles before asking without irony, what do you want? Knife control? And, and this is the kind of inane, low IQ, mocking commentary that we get all the time from the radical left Marxists. Life, Liberty, and Levin on Sunday, thanks to you, is the highest rated every week. 
primetime Sunday evening show on cable news. We beat CNN and MSNBC combined. We tend to beat one of them by three times the number, the other one by two times the number. I just can't remember. And I don't tell you these things. I'm telling you now, just so you know. And we're right in the teeth of football, aren't we, Mr. Producer? Sunday night football starts at 8.05 p.m. Life, Liberty, and Levin starts at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. The same thing will happen on Saturday nights. There's Saturday night football. Often. And we will be on 8 p.m. on Saturday. The Saturday show, substantively, will not be the Sunday show. They are separate, fresh shows. And I intend to keep similar formats, if not the same, if you continue to watch. If you don't continue to watch, then I won't continue to do it. You got people who do shows five days or nights a week on Fox. I'll be doing two. That's all I want to do. In fact, I was perfectly happy with one. But I always view these platforms as an opportunity to advance the cause. And what is the cause? Our survival is the cause. Our survival as a free people. As free individuals. Who get to make choices about whether we want to be successful or not. And so, I want to thank you for watching. I want to thank you for listening to this show. Because during baseball season, in almost every major city in the nation, the time of this program is right up against baseball. And yet you come to this program. In some really big cities like New York, where I'm on WABC, where I started out on WABC, which has gone through several iterations of ownership. I'm the only host that goes up against the Mets and the Yankees. We looked into this four nights a week. That's four shows out of five. Most hosts can't even show any numbers for that. We show very strong numbers for that. And there aren't many hosts that could survive that. Now, how do I know that? Because WABC in the past tried many different hosts. They tried many different formats. From 6 to 7, 6 to 8, 6 to 9. Should we do 1 hour, 2 hours, 3 hours? Should we do local? Should we do national? Should we do sports talk, political talk, this talk, that talk? I do people talk. I try to make the complicated as understandable as possible. That's what I do. There have been seven efforts on a competing channel in New York, seven, to defeat this show. Every kind of show imaginable. They can't do it. The only thing that would defeat this show is the removal of the show. 
and then people will learn the hard way that there's really nothing that can replace this show. You know why? Not because of me, but because of you. You won't stay. You won't stay. All this to say I'm enormously grateful, and thank you. And now we're going to move on. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot that's in common with what's going on with immigration in this country and what's going on with energy in this country. An individual who happens to be in the Oval Office, his Politburo that's advising him and taking action, the entire Democrat Party regime is destroying both. I don't want to hear this ass mayor of New York City yelling at the top of his lungs and refusing to mention the word Biden. Biden, you jerk. That's the problem. Biden. Or Hochul, whose name sounds like something that's stuck in my throat. Another one. These Democrats are pathetic. Meanwhile, they're destroying our energy infrastructure. Every day. So I want to talk about both of these when we return because they are all affecting you bigly. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. When the going gets tough, a tough get 
Mark Levin. Call him now at 877-381-3811. You know, before I get into this immigration and energy issue, because I think they're tied in a way. Pardon me for getting into a different issue first, education. Because during the break, I'm watching Fox and Nikki Haley has a educational plan that she is going to unveil, Mr. Producer. Glenn Youngkin is now talking a little more presidential. He, you know, he wants to talk about parents' rights. They got him elected governor. Chris Christie, of course, he's all over the map, as most rhinos are. He says he's trying to uh, get the attention of folks who want to be in the middle. I told you he's a rhino. The middle of what? Oh, that'll get a lot of things done. That'll save the republic. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy, a week ago, two weeks ago, was the favorite of the media. Nikki Haley today is the favorite of the media. And they drag out these polls that show CNN that Nikki Haley would beat Biden by six points. Ron DeSantis would be even. These polls are utterly meaningless. They are so contemptible. That's what lazy news organizations do. Do you know how many polls showed Ronald Reagan losing and losing badly to Jimmy Carter? All of them. All of them. Till we got past the nomination and into the fall. Then things turned around. You got to vote for the candidate who you believe is the best to lead the country. Not, quote-unquote, who can win. The polls have no idea who can win. The talking heads on TV, how many more times are you going to be misled by them? Particularly the ones who've been around like half a century, like the architect, and don't know their you-know-what from the you-know-what? They should at least have to have their records placed up there so we can all see them. So don't participate in the prediction game. You know, I like so-and-so, but I don't think he can win. Well, then support so-and-so, because then he or she might win. On this issue of school choice, nobody's been involved in school choice more, certainly nobody more in the media, than I. Than the group I worked for and with for decades, Landmark Legal Foundation. The first battle of school choice was in the state of Wisconsin. Governor uh, Tommy Thompson had signed a, a very limited school choice bill, but he signed it at the behest of it, and he supported it. Good for, I mean, it was good that he did it. Of a lady named Polly Williams, who was a black state representative out of Milwaukee, and a Democrat. She was our client. That's where it all started. And Landmark Legal, with her as the client, and one or two other legal groups, but I can speak of my own experience, including with the current president of Landmark Legal Foundation, a fantastic lawyer and litigator, Pete Hutchison. We had to sue 
at the lowest court level of the state, the state circuit court level, into the Supreme Court of Wisconsin. We were opposed by the ACLU. We were opposed by the NAACP. We were opposed by the NEA, by the WEA, the state affiliate. We were opposed by the entire Democrat mob. We went to the Supreme Court of Wisconsin twice. And then we won. It was a modest program. A couple thousand kids in the ghetto who could now go to a public school. I mean a private school. Then we had to litigate again. Could they go to parochial schools? Or for that matter, any religious schools. We had to litigate that. This took years, and we won. Then there were federal challenges. Same groups, same opponents, went all the way to the Supreme Court, not once, but twice. And we won. This was a decade worth of litigation, of court battles in state and federal court. Two Supreme Courts, the Wisconsin Supreme Court and the U.S. Supreme Court. I know what I'm talking about when I talk about school choice. And the original idea for school choice came from Milton Friedman, the great Milton Friedman. It was his idea first. School choice, including homeschooling. The great Mike Farris in Virginia. Really, the father of the homeschooling movement. Just a great guy. I love the guy. He litigated, and they litigated, and they litigated in state court, and they litigated in federal court, and they litigated in the Supreme Court. When you have somebody like Christy Sad, just want to appeal to the middle and to the moderate, you don't accomplish things like this, America. You don't accomplish things by being in the middle. In the middle of what? What a useless reason to be president of the United States, to be in the middle. We have a Democrat party that seeks to destroy this country. It's destroying our energy sector. It's destroying our sovereignty. It's destroying our schools. It's destroying our courts. It's destroyed law and order. And I can go down the list, and somebody wants to be in the middle. Somebody wants to be in the middle. They don't want to be Churchill. They don't want to be Thatcher. They want to be in the middle. Some people in the middle claim that they're Ronald Reagan. They claim to be great leaders. And yet when you look at their records, they haven't been great leaders. Modest gains as governors, even in Republican states. I am deeply thankful that Glenn Youngkin won this state. Because this state was gone over the edge, and it still might. Maybe it's a flash in the pan. Much like Christie was a flash in the pan in New Jersey. Christie didn't do anything to build up the Republican Party. 
He despised the conservative movement, even though he was slobbered all over by National Review and the Wall Street Journal. And Yunkin hasn't done anything to build up the conservative movement. He's a decent guy, wonderful guy, comes across that way. He's done some things, but he hasn't done enough. You only get to serve one term here as governor, four years, and that's it. I listened to Nikki Haley. She's going to put out a big plan. She can't run on her big school choice plan because she didn't have a big school choice agenda. Oh, there's some. They all support some. But the only one running is DeSantis. He and the former governor of Arizona, Ducey, literally put in the most ubiquitous, that is far-reaching, school choice programs, that is school competition programs the nation has ever known. Ever. He doesn't have to put across a plan. I mean, maybe he wants to for the federal government. But he already broke the teachers' unions in Florida. That's why they hate him. That's why, and by the way, that's why these quizzling billionaire Republicans. You know, I hate billionaire Republicans. There's a handful that I like, a couple I like a lot. But for the most part, they are gutless wonders. They are quizzlings. They'll get behind a candidate. The candidate's slowing it. Uh, it's not working. They're too, too radical on abortion. Too radical on Disney. Too radical... In other words, the guy is fighting the battle of the culture. It's right in the middle of his state in Disney. It's in his school systems. And the billionaires run. You know why? Because they're useless. They're useless. Not all of them. Certainly most of them. So now the flavor this week, and maybe the flavor for the next few weeks, will be Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley's been throwing bombs left and right at everybody. And she's drawn the attention of the establishment Republicans. Some Quislings, some pseudo-conservatives. But I keep saying, what, was, what is her record for eight years in South Carolina. Even give us the best things you ever did. And run on them. So we can all understand what they are. When it comes to abortion, she sounds great. She's not very pro-life. That's the truth. We got to work with this one. We got to work with that one. We started 15 weeks. That's better than nothing. But she's never really advanced the ball on life. At all. When and where? So she's a commentator. School choice. I would ask the people of South Carolina, do you have a vibrant, extensive school choice program where almost any kid can participate? No, you don't. Now, why is this important? Because the radical Marxist Democrats and their unions have taken over the classrooms... They are telling you parents that you have no role in the education of your children. You have no role in what kind of explicit sexual exposure your children receive, whether in books, whether in lesson plans, 
whether one-on-one, and you have no right to know about it. And if you don't like it, go to hell. So school choice is more important now than ever. Ever. There cannot be pretenders to school choice. There cannot be people who talk the issue up, but don't follow it up. Certainly not well enough. We at Landmark said, and we got it out there in the in the public, that school choice is the civil rights issue of our generation. This used to be in our brochures, our publications. People have picked it up. There's only one guy running who's actually done anything about it. It's DeSantis. Now, interestingly, Donald Trump was very interested in this. He spoke to me about this. He spoke to my wife, Julie, about this. This is something we're very interested in. And he decided at some point in his presidency to make this a big issue. It's very difficult for a president to break the back of state and local teachers' unions. He's the head of the federal government, not the head of... Every government, big, small, and otherwise. But he made it a bigger issue than any president before him. Any. Any. And they funded grants to promote it where they possibly could and so forth and so on. Chris Christie did nothing for school choice in New Jersey. Didn't lift his finger. Didn't lift a finger. All right, now when I come back, I want to jump back into this issue of illegal immigration and the war on our energy sector and how they're the they're different sides of the same coin. I'll be right back. Mud Lovin. You know what helps me sleep well at night? Physical gold. I'm concerned about what the Biden administration is doing, and I've decided to learn more about gold IRAs to help me diversify. Did you know you can buy gold for your IRA or 401k? Gold can't be tracked like digital currency. No one has to know what you're buying, and there's no way to print more. My best resource for gold IRAs is Augusta Precious Metals. Their track record is no less than phenomenal. Learn why thousands of Americans are getting gold IRAs as part of the retirement portfolios, and you need to contact Augusta Precious Metals and get their free guide. I'm serious. Text LEVIN to 68592. Again, text L-E-V-I-N to 68592. LEVIN to 68592 or go to AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Text date and message rates may apply. Performance varies. Consult your financial professionals before making investment decisions and get risk disclosures at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. My God, we're not going to get to the immigration energy issue until after the top of the hour. But it's very, very important because this is in part destroying your lives. This is in part intentionally intended to destroy your lives. This isn't a natural disaster. 
This is a Democrat Party Biden regime made disaster. And no matter where you turn, no matter where you look, it's everywhere. The destruction of the civil society, the republic. By the way, I see my dear friend Newt Gingrich is really obsessed with an old book from Nanny McCarthy. I'm like, wow, Newt. Take a little, uh, you know, what is that called when you wake somebody up with that something sauce? I forget what it is. Smelling sauce. Isn't that what they, isn't what they call it? Little smelling sauce, Newt. Please. Selling, what do you call it? Smelling salt? Whatever. Smell something. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. We have a great guest this Sunday. Two guests, Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Jim Jordan. Now, Jim Jordan interviewed by me. That means it'll be really very, very interesting because I've got some very interesting questions that I want to ask him about Fannie Willis, their desire to get information from her, which I think is a brilliant idea. And one of the great lawyers... David Schoen, who represented President Trump in one of the impeachment trials, but he's just a top constitutionalist, and uh, we want to chat with him, too, and I'll have my opening monologue. So I hope you will join us, Jim Jordan and David Schoen, in my long-form interview program. That's what I do, long-form, no conga line of gas. Ooh, ooh, who's that one? I don't know. No. Two. And when this new Saturday show starts, sometimes it'll be one. If I think that guest is so crucial, I believe that more and more Americans need to listen to what that individual has to say. We will have one. Media Matters may not want to watch because, you know, they're busy watching uh, Yabba Dabba Do. What is that? Uh, Yeah. Cartoons. The Democrats are saying right now, America, I want you all to listen to this, that this is one of the greatest economies ever. Now, you ought to, you ought to take them at what they're saying, because this is their position. We don't need to do anything about inflation. We don't need to do anything about food prices. We don't need to do anything about gasoline prices. We don't need to do anything about any of it. It's the greatest economy in modern times. Listen to them. It's what they're going to tell you. Don't worry about your IRAs and your 401ks and your mutual funds. Will you put a little money in now and then? You're, you're hoping to put it away for a rainy day or your pension. And don't worry about your retirement checks. It's, a, it's great. We've never seen anything like this economy. Bidenomics, it's unbelievable. 
The idea that you're having to pay more for food, the idea that you have to pay more for fuel, for utilities. Well, that's your imagination. Because the Democrats, well, they produce this fantastic economy. And if you don't think it's fantastic, it's your problem. It's your fault. That's what they're saying to you right now. Biden, the conga line of Democrats, that the suffering you're going through or the decisions you have to make, the choices you have to make between one thing or another, when you go to the grocery store or the supermarket and you push that basket, that cart, and you go past the meat section because it's just too damn expensive, That's okay. The Democrats are saying, no, 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 you don't understand. Those prices are great. The prices are great. What are you complaining about? That's what they're arguing right now. That's what they're arguing right now as I speak to you. That's their position. On the border. Their position has been, and you've heard the Secretary of DHS say it, you've heard Kamala Harris say it, you've heard Joe Biden say it. He speaks a very fluent gibberish. The border is secure. It's what they say. The border is secure. Now all of a sudden these sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, they're very upset. They blame Governor Abbott among others, for sending illegal immigrants to their towns. Governor Abbott couldn't send enough illegal immigrants to these states and towns if he wanted to. They are pouring over the border, and they are freely going to these states and towns. They're going to the biggest welfare centers in the country, where the cities and states are incredibly generous with your money doling it out. That's why they're going to New York City and New York. That's why they go to California. That's why they go to New Jersey. That's why they're headed up to Chicago. When they wind up in Florida, it's because they're shipped there. Or Tennessee, it's because they're shipped there. But they know exactly where to go. And they know nobody's going to stop them. And they know they can do damn well whatever they want. They had no concern when Texas is being overrun with millions of illegal immigrants. Arizona, millions of illegal immigrants. New Mexico and Nevada, which used to be Republican states, overrun with millions of illegal immigrants. It's okay. The illegal immigrants... In Florida, showing up mostly on the beaches, illegal immigrants in Georgia, South Carolina, right up the coast. Ooh, illegal immigrants in Washington, D.C. We've never seen anything like this before. What are we supposed to do? We need more money. We need more money. We're running out of space. And they won't mention Biden's name. Biden is destroying America. Citizenship doesn't mean a damn thing anymore. 
Nothing. And it's not just Biden. It's all those Democrat senators. Oh, they can put out their little statements and press releases. They mean nothing. They vote the party line. They goose step right behind Biden with their shiny boots. That's right, I said it. You've got the congressman who represents the southernmost part of New Jersey. Was a Democrat, now he's a Republican. Why? Well, this is part of the reason. I told you my wife and I were in Atlantic City and Ventnor and Margate. We loved it. That's where my family used to hang out when I was a kid in the summers. Atlantic City has a total of 50,000 people. That's the population. And there's an enormous Hispanic population there now. I don't know, legal, illegal, it's just large. And same with other parts, Vineland, New Jersey, and so forth, Salem County, generally. And Biden wants to take illegal immigrants out of New York City and send a whole bunch of them to Atlantic City. Folks, that city cannot withstand thousands of illegal immigrants. It's barely holding on. There are great efforts there, you know. There's a part of that city that's all built up where they're trying to attract tourists. They're trying to attract people who have money with these more high-end shops. It's beautiful, actually. But then you walk two blocks away, and it's not so beautiful. You hear sirens all night long. It's still a great city. Most of the casinos are boarded up. You could see most of the condominiums on the boardwalk are in disrepair. Not all, most. So people, many have left Atlantic City, and they've moved to Vendor and Margate and Longport, south of Atlantic City. Atlantic City is on a barrier island. That's what it is. I think it has the greatest beach in the world. That whole lineup of towns has the greatest. The sand is like uh, talcum powder. It's it's just so soft. You know, much of the beach in Florida, not all of it, but much of it is very granular. The waves are great, too. The body surf through there. I used to do that as a young man. My father used to do it. Brothers used to do it. I tried it out this weekend. I almost drowned to death, Mr. Producer. So I didn't try it again. Now, but my point is, you know what's going on in your town. You know what's going on in your school system. People showing up from nowhere. You know what's going on when you drive past a Wawa or a 7-Eleven or sheets, or whatever you have in your community, and you see people lined up, they're illegal aliens. They have nothing to fear. They're not going anywhere. But where are they going? It's a funny thing. About a year ago, I was on Hannity's show on Fox, and I said, among other things, and I only know this, not because I remember everything I say on Fox, let alone Hannity's show, but... I'll tell you why I remember in a moment. I said, where are all these people going? This was before it was obvious. They're in New York now. and all the, But they just kind of, 
they just kind of went over the border and they disappeared. But now we've reached a point of so many people coming into the country illegally. You can't miss them. They're everywhere. I love the left. How can you tell? Well, let's see. They're homeless. They don't speak the language. Uh, They're looking for refugee status. Someone amnesty. That's how you tell. It's not hard. So anyway, where are all these people? President Trump contacted me and he said, that's the best damn question I've heard about this. Where are they? I said, they're everywhere and they're nowhere. Now they're everywhere. Everywhere. These sanctimonious Democrat mayors and governors and state legislators, these sanctimonious punks on television and radio, pushing sanctuary cities and sanctuary states, not so much anymore. Because it destroys the quality of life. Let me repeat it. It destroys the quality of life for American citizens in these communities. Democrat, Republican, Independent, it doesn't matter. It's not politics for them. So now they take over, you know, recess areas in schools. They're taking over soccer fields and football fields and baseball fields. So they don't have Little League anymore. They're taking over parks so people can't sit on the benches anymore and feed the pigeons or bring their little kids in the baby carriage. That's over. That's over. People have to be afraid to walk on a public street in the middle of the day because you have encampments. Encampments. Looks like the poorest parts of the world. Poorest parts of the world. Because they are becoming the poorest parts of the world. And listen to this mayor of New York. He sounds like an idiot. He denounces all the illegal aliens. And then he says we must care for them. Is he schizophrenic? And then they have a new trick. Well, blame the Republicans because we don't have comprehensive immigration reform. Excuse me? We're talking about securing the border. You don't need comprehensive immigration reform, you idiots. Secure the damn border. You need comprehensive immigration reform. What, do you want us to hand out citizenship certificates to everybody? That's what they mean because that's what they want. Now, the problem is it's very painful for the cities of America. It's very painful for these states that where these people are starting to show up. The states that hand out the biggest welfare checks are now getting slammed. And the people in these communities don't like it one damn bit. Not in the inner cities of Chicago, not in the inner cities of New York, not in my hometown, the inner city of Philadelphia. Look at Kensington. It's gone. You can go through all these communities. They're taken over. They're over. They're done. Los Angeles. Honestly, who the hell wants to live in the middle of Los Angeles? Nobody. This is, uh, these are the bluest of blue areas in the country. Destroying our country. 
because they're destroying the rule of law. We had immigration laws in place. All you have to do is enforce them. Trump showed them how to build a wall. They stopped. And now they have sold the steel and are selling the steel pennies on the dollar. This is intentional. This is man-made. This is Democrat Party made. I don't care how many local Democrats and state Democrats whine like stuck pigs. Their party's doing it. And not one of them has the guts to stand up to Biden. Oh, I wrote a letter. Shove your letter. How many of them are challenging him in the Democrat primary? Not one of them. How serious are they? They're not. They just figure you folks in New York, you're going to vote Democrat. They just figure you folks in L.A., you're going to vote Democrat. You folks in Philly, you always vote Democrat. Atlanta, Democrat. Chicago, Democrat. So what the hell? There's no consequence. When you have one-party rule and the people want it. They want one-party rule. Even though it destroys their neighborhoods, increases crime, destroys their school systems, doesn't matter. Because for a century, people have been told that the Republicans are the racists who hate your guts. When it's been the Democrats all along. But the Democrats have something the Republicans don't have. The media. The Democrats have something the Republicans don't have. Marxist revolutionaries who wake up every day trying to figure out how to destroy America. And the Democrats don't have something that the Republicans have. The Chris Christie's of the world. The Chris Sununu's of the world. The rhinos, the establishment Republicans, who always want to be in the middle and cut a deal. You can't cut a deal all the time. You can't cut a deal over slavery. You can't cut a deal over segregation. You can't cut a deal over the survivability of capitalism. You can't cut a deal over the security of the border. You can't cut a deal over protecting the American people. These are defining issues. What does this have to do with energy? Everything. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Crack screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound... 250 and say Mark Levin for your free super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Oh, baby, we only have like 50 seconds. After the bottom of the hour, we're going to jump into energy. Very important. Shout out to uh, Paul Bedard. Thanks, buddy. 
You're a great journalist. Also to my beautiful, lovely wife who's out there. See you soon there, sweetie. We'll be right back. Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Crack screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month, plus it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. I got to get on my horse here. We got to get moving. What's happening on the border, what's happening in our country, the destruction of American communities, the lack anymore of a distinction between a citizen and a non-citizen, the growing crime, filth, impoverishment, impossibility to live in these communities anymore, where people literally are, literally are forced to pick up and get out, is a Democrat Party-created disaster. They did it, they're still doing it, and it's purposeful. Now I want to talk about another calamity coming to a city, town, and state near you, if it's not already there. This from the Oil and Gas Journal. Now, I'm not supposed to like the Oil and Gas Journal because it has two words in here that are supposed to be verboten. Oil, gas. But I like oil and gas. I like energy. And so do you. Ready for this one? This happened under cover of dark. It's received almost no attention. The Biden administration, a.k.a. the regime, ready? Said it is canceling oil and gas leases. These are oil and gas leases that were already let. On the coastal plain of the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge and is proposing a rule to reduce reduce potential acreage for leasing in the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska. Now, let me explain a little history. Alaska is a big damn state. So several decades ago, a compromise was reached to protect the vast majority of the state, rich in natural resources, from development. In exchange, however, they, com- they created Anwar, which is a tiny little part of the state. Anwar. And then in a part of Anwar, the agreement was you could drill. Drill to your heart's content. 
So we're down to this little piece of Anwar within the Anwar refuge. But it sounds national wild. It just sounds so nice. You ever been there? There's almost nothing there. Caribou. But even they are constantly running back and forth to get some heat. But nonetheless. So what the Democrats have been doing ever since, what these Marxist phony environmental groups have been doing ever since, is to try to prevent any drilling in Anwar, despite the fact that there was an agreement reached in the 19, early 1970s. They want to put the entire area out of production. The entire state that has more oil and natural gas than you can shake a stick at. Even though much of the state was already put on the sidelines half a century ago. It's not enough. They want no drilling. That wasn't the deal. It doesn't matter. So what? So these little areas, these little areas, one of the areas, the National Petroleum Reserve in Alaska, NPR-A, well now the Biden administration says, and as a matter of fact, we're going to have an outright prohibition on any leasing in this little area. Of 10.6 million acres, that's more than 40% of that little area that they put aside. 40% of it, over 40% of it, you can't drill on anymore. And if we gave you a lease, sorry, we're taking it back. What do you think of that, Mr. Bidish? The Interior Department is canceling seven Anwar leases despite the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act of 2017, which mandated the lease sale held in 2021. Senator Barrasso of Wyoming said President Biden was ignoring the law and at least a few other lawmakers agreed. This is another attempt to use executive action to circumvent a law to accomplish what this administration does not have the votes to achieve in Congress. You know who said that? Joe Manchin. Not Mitch McConnell. Joe Manchin. Canceling valid leases. Removing acreage from future sales, attempting to reduce production in Alaska while taking steps to allow Iran, Venezuela to produce more oil with fewer environmental regulations makes no sense and is frankly embarrassing. We are importing more oil now from Saudi Arabia and these other reprobates. And they don't even drill and produce and refine as cleanly as we do. Now, you see what I mean about insurrections? If you dress yourself up and put a nice tie on, if you're a lady, a nice skirt, if you're transitioning, you know, I don't know what you wear, barrel, whatever. And your name is president or vice president or senator, congressman or bureaucrat, you know, GS-14 or whatever. That's not sedition. That's not treason. Can't be. No. No, no, no. Just because you're destroying America doesn't mean it's sedition. Doesn't mean it's an insurrection. No, the definition requires violence, and you're nonviolent. That's what I say in the book. The Democrat Party hates America, right in the first chapter. I hope my buddy Newt Gingrich is listening. He's got the book. I'm certain he's read part of this by now. 
Gremsky, Lenin, Saul Linsky, all said, you don't need violence to overthrow a country. You need power. You don't need a proletariat, that means the people, the middle class, rising up to overthrow the government. What do you think, you're proud boys or oath keepers? What are we talking about? No, no, no. We don't do those things. We don't do it that way. Just take over the government, slowly but surely. Secrete yourselves into these powerful decision-making positions. Top down, not bottom up. And exploit the weaknesses in the system. So regulate the combustion engine out of existence. Regulate single-family homes out of existence. You don't even have to ban them. Just regulate them out of existence. Make these phony, impossible-to-meet standards so high that they're not allowed to make them. For the environment, of course. What's this have to do with the environment? We're buying oil. That has to be shipped all the way into the United States. From producers who don't give a damn about oil and water. Excuse me, about the air and water. <laughs> you kidding me? So here we are. So what they're doing is illegal. Violating a federal law. But they're never going to impeach Biden over it. I can do a whole list of impeachable offenses that Biden has. There's my beautiful daughter. My beautiful daughter, Lauren. With that beautiful voice. You've heard her sing that song before. She's here just for a few days. Hi, honey. Hi. Energy. So what's happening? Well, there's more. Remember they blew out one million, one million acres in Colorado. Remember that, Mr. Producer? There's like 17 uh, Native Americans who live right on the uh, border there. And, of course, they did it for them. They want to save what belongs to the indigenous peoples, all 17 of them. And when it comes to Israel, Judea, and Samaria, those words can't even cross your lips. They don't care about the indigenous peoples. No. Not this, not this regime, this anti-Semitic Democrat Party regime with its anti-Semitic supporters like the Anti-Defamation League, which embraces top Democrat anti-Semites all the time. What a phony fraud operation that is. Anyway, let me stick to the topic. Here's from Fox. I bet you didn't hear this one. Two days ago, Biden administration quietly reverses Trump-era rule bans transporting fossil fuels by train. What? Now, if you can't, if you can't transport fossil fuels by train, and you're cutting off the pipelines, so you can't, you can't transport fossil fuels by pipelines, then how do you transport them? You don't. This is why I say the greatest enemy we face is the Democrat Party. They're doing to this country what no other country can do to this country. 
If you were our enemy, if you were a communist trainer, what would you do? You'd cut off our pipelines. You'd cut off our trains. You'd cut off our drilling. And you'd choke us. You'd choke our energy capacity. Because we need energy. Not only for we the people, so we can live a comfortable life, or even live a life, period. But so our industries can function. But so our industries can produce what we need, not just in our everyday lives, but in terms of defending the country. Our men and women in forward positions all over the world. They need fuel for their tanks. They need fuel for their jeeps. They need, they need fuel for their armor personnel carriers. They need, they need fuel for their air force. They need fuel. The Navy needs fuel. Diesel fuel, other kinds of fuel. We're chugging off our own military. Now, you only do that if you hate your own country. They hate us, and they hate this country, and they want it to collapse. They want it to collapse. They want to create a Marxist paradise, an authoritarian centralized regime where they control the levers of power. More when I return. I'll be right back. Mark Is your cell phone in desperate need of replacement? You know the signs, right? Short battery life, so you have to have a charger on hand. Cracked screen that gives you glass splinters. Ouch. It's time to put that old phone to rest and upgrade to a new 5G Samsung Galaxy from Pure Talk for free. Get a free 5G Samsung Galaxy with two-day battery life, edge-to-edge display, and ultra-strong Gorilla Glass. When you sign up for Pure Talk's unlimited talk, text, and 15-gig data plan for just 35 bucks a month. Plus, it comes with mobile hotspot. Get all the data you could ever need for half the price of the big carriers on America's most dependable 5G network. Make the switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk, today. Just dial pound 250 and say Mark Levin for your free, super durable 5G Samsung Galaxy when you switch to Pure Talk. Dial pound 250, say Mark Levin. Pure Talk, simply smarter wireless. Back to the trains. Biden administration quietly rescinded this Trump-era regulation, allowing companies to transport liquefied natural gas via rail in a victory for environmental groups. Yeah, well, whenever they win, we lose. In a federal filing... Ahead of the holiday weekend, just so you would notice it. The Department of Transportation's Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration formally suspended already the 2020 authorization of transportation and rail tank cars. So they do it when you're not looking. They do it when you're trying to have a wonderful weekend. This is when they do it. Congress doesn't do it. They do it. And you're going to run out of energy one day. You're going to have brownouts and blackouts one day, and you're going to wonder why, and they're going to blame the oil companies. The very oil companies in these other industries that want to build pipelines, that want to drill, that want to refine, this is how they make money. They want to transport. 
They want to transport in pipelines. They want to transport in trains. It was all perfectly fine. For damn near 100 years, it was all perfectly fine. But not now. Because apparently we're dying, slowly but surely. Even though we're living like 10 years longer than they did 100 years ago, it doesn't matter. Don't follow the science. Follow the phony science. Sierra Club and several other environmental groups like Earth Justice, Natural Resources Defense Council, and Food and Water Watch. Hey, I should join that group, Mr. Producer. I'm watching food and water all the time. Uh, Let's see. Have argued that allowing the transportation could lead to mass devastation. I'm so sick of these bastards, you have no idea. This administration not only entertains every one of these radical extremist kooks, but it actually takes their policy ideas and institutes them through regulations and executive orders where members of Congress don't even see them. Now, what's interesting is the Democrat Party doesn't care. The Democrat Party doesn't care how you get to their ends, whether it's unconstitutional, executive orders, regulation, doesn't matter. Just do it. Just get there. You'll hear this debate again when it comes to the debt ceiling. Just do it. Just do it. Let the law catch up with you. And I can't tell you how many times Biden and his regime have defied the law, even the Supreme Court. But that's not an insurrection. That's not sedition. No, no, no. That's progress. I'll be right back. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. I believe I gave out the wrong phone number. I think I gave out your home number, Mr. Producer. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Excuse me. I want to thank you folks who've jumped into Amazon recently and ordered your copy, The Democrat Party Hates America. I think we're number 14 or 15 on the list right now. You can see we're getting down to game time here. Preseason's over. The book comes out. On the 19th. So the book comes out about 10 days, 12 days. And I want you to get the 40% off. I want you to get the first edition. Why? Because if you're going to get it, I really think it you ought to get the discount. Biden says, as I've said the whole time, and the Democrats say this is a great economy. They're just not selling it to you well enough. And I've spent a lot of tonight on this. Here's New York Post. Credit card and car loan defaults here 10-year high, hit a 10-year high as inflation squeezes families. Biden says inflation's under control. They don't need to do anything else about inflation. Interest rates are under control. The money's flowing. What's the problem? They're blocking pipe. You know... The Chinese aren't blocking our oil production. The Democrats are. 
The Chinese aren't blocking the transporting of our oil from place to place through pipelines. The Democrats are. The Chinese aren't preventing our trains from transporting natural gas. The Democrats are. The Chinese aren't preventing us from stopping their fentanyl from coming into this country. The Democrats are. Chinese aren't destroying our cities. The Democrats are. And yet China is the greatest foreign threat we have. But the greatest threat we have is the Democrat Party. That's the point of the book. That's what I want to make abundantly clear. Credit card and car loan defaults at 10-year highs inflation squeezes families. This is the Biden regime. Democrat Party caused this. They caused this. Not Mother Nature. Inflation-squeezed Americans are defaulting on their credit cards and auto loans at levels not seen since the financial crisis. Well, this is a financial crisis. Hello! And the struggle to pay their bills is poised to get worse. As interest rates and the moratorium on student loans expires. It's all right. Biden's going to take care of the student loans because that's his voting block, he thinks. Low and middle income earners have been especially hit hard by soaring prices on everything from rent, groceries and new and used cars, despite the Federal Reserve's attempts to tamp down stubbornly high inflation. And you're going to have conservatives who are going to try and stop this spending, and you're going to have a media and Democrats and some rhinos who are going to oppose them. This year, credit card delinquencies have hit 3.8%, while 3.6% have defaulted on their car loans, according to credit agency Equifax. Both figures are the highest in more than 10 years. The increase in delinquencies and defaults is symptomatic of the tough decisions that these households are having to make right now, whether to pay their credit card bills, their rent, or buy groceries. It's okay. It's working. Bidenomics is working. It's working. And it is. It's working to destroy America and impoverish Americans. So the government gets even bigger. And they blame everybody. It's big grocery. It's big pharma. It's big oil. No, it's you, you big mouth. There are 70 million more credit card and credit cards account open now than before the pandemic in 2019. People are desperate. People are absolutely desperate. And credit card debt surpassed $1 trillion for the first time ever this year. $1 trillion! We sped way past normal, says Mike Brisson, a senior economist at Moody's Analytics, who referred to the growing delinquencies as very concerning. The interest rates on credit cards could soar even higher as the Fed mulls another rate hike at the end of the month to bring inflation down. You know what's interesting? When all this spending and borrowing was going on, we talked about this here when the other, oh, it's kind of boring. No. I told you when inflation gets out of the bag, it's extremely painful to put it back. Extremely painful. Excuse me. The pain felt by consumers could be a positive sign for Fed policymakers. They seek to thread the needle. The Fed's not sure what to do. 
they're going to have to increase rates again to try and control inflation. But it becomes a cycle, see. Now, Reagan did this with Faulkner. They got it done. They got it done in about a three-year period, four-year period. But it was extremely painful. The problem is we don't have Reagan. We have the, uh, the, the certifiable imbecile in the White House. And rather than try to control spending and cut taxes so the economy can grow while they're raising interest rates at the Fed... That is the formula. It's not complicated. It worked. The opposite's happening. The Fed's raising interest rates. The government's still spending more than ever before, borrowing more than ever before. And they want to raise taxes on people who can't even make ends meet already. Whatever you do, don't shut down the government. Even if it only means 70% of the government. Don't do it. Don't do it. Because Washington looks out for Washington. The bureaucrats look out for the bureaucrats. The politicians look out for the politicians. The corporatists look out for the corporatists. That's why. The pain felt by consumers could be positive, they say. Oh, that's great. With the holiday season approaching, industry experts are also concerned that consumers will rack up even more debt on top of their rising energy bills. And that's particularly as the cold weather kicks in and the cost of heating homes ratchets up. Now, why would the cost of heating homes ratchet up? Who's doing that? It's called supply and demand. We talked about this three, four, five months ago, particularly in the Northeast. We have been warned by the companies, the regional companies that distribute oil and natural gas, we've been warned that there are going to be shortages. And if there aren't shortages, there are going to be massive price hikes. Price hikes. All in the name of climate change, of course. Climate change. Oh, yes. It's a great piece here in New York Post by Patrick T. Brown. As a scientist, I'm not allowed to tell the full truth about climate change. I can only read part of this. He says, if you've been reading any news about wildfires this summer from Canada to Europe to Maui, you'll surely get the impression that they're mostly the result of climate change. And he cites the AP. He cites the PBS NewsHour. He cites the New York Times. He cites Bloomberg. See, these are not news. Again, I want to repeat this. We don't have a free press. We have a press that's free to lie. There's a difference. He says, I'm a climate scientist, and while climate change is an important factor affecting wildfires over many parts of the world, it isn't close to the only factor that deserves our sole focus. So why does the press focus so intently on climate change as the root cause? Perhaps for the same reasons I did in an academic paper about wildfires in nature, one of the world's most prestigious journals. It fits a simple storyline that rewards the person telling it. The paper I just published, Climate Warming increases extremely daily wildfire growth risk in California, focuses exclusively on the climate change has affected extreme wildlife behavior. I knew not to try to qualify key aspects or other climate change in my research because it would dilute the story that the prestigious journals like Nature and its rival Science want to tell. This matters 
because it's critically important for scientists to be published in high-profile journals. In many ways, they are the gatekeepers of career success in academia. And he goes on to explain about this. You can't get published as a quote-unquote climate change denier. You can't get federal and state grants if you're quote-unquote a climate change denier. You can't get jobs or at least keep them at universities and colleges if you're a so-called climate change denier. The Marxists left, and then, of course, they use climate change to impoverish you. To impoverish you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. It's always a pleasure to have my friend Tom Cotton on, Senator from Arkansas. I think we're friends, don't you, Tom? Uh, absolutely, Mark. It's good to be back on with you. It's always great to listen to you and also to watch you on Fox. I want to congratulate you on the news today that I heard that you're going to have twice the show now uh, coming soon on Fox, Saturday night and Sunday night. So congratulations. Your many, many viewers and listeners are very excited to hear the news. Thank you. That just means you're going to have to appear more often. You understand that. <laughs> uh, Glad to do it. All right. The 14th Amendment, you, you, you sent me a note and you said, you know what, I really want to talk about this because this is so outrageous. And you do have a great background to talk about something like this, Senator Cotton. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, they have these uh, phony eggheads and all the rest of them out there, the Democrats pushing this latest really outrageous effort to dif- disenfranchise tens of millions of people. What do you make of this? Well, Mark, I think it's just the latest gambit by the Democrats to try to undermine uh, Donald Trump and try to prevent him from returning to the White House, just like they tried to deny him the White House in the first place or take it away from him when he was in the White House. If you go back to the first campaign and the Russia collusion hoax, uh, which continued into his administration, as soon as it ended, you went into the first impeachment with the uh, you know, Ukraine hoax. And then even Mark, after he had left office in 2021, he was no longer in the White House. They wanted to, to dig him up and try to kill him again by impeaching him after he had left office for the sole purpose to prevent him from ever running again, probably because they knew how weak Joe Biden would be. And now they're at it again. Earlier this year, it was clear that Joe Biden was extremely weak. So what happened? You got four different indictments of Donald Trump. Yep, that didn't seem to damage him. He's still ahead or tied with Joe Biden in the polls. Joe Biden is showing historic weakness for incumbent president. So what do they do? Now they're trying to disqualify Donald Trump using the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment says that that if you committed insurrection or rebellion against the United States, you're not eligible for federal office. This is written in the aftermath of the Civil War. It was used then to ensure that unreconstructed Confederates could never serve in, in federal office again. Obviously, it doesn't apply today. Donald Trump hasn't been convicted of, much less even charged with insurrection. And if, we all know that if Jack Smith the rabid zealot that Merrick Garland appointed to uh, prosecute Donald Trump could have charged insurrection. Obviously, he would have. But now you've got Democrats in places like Colorado who are talking about unilaterally through partisan state officers like a secretary of state or attorney general removing Donald Trump from the ballot in those states. 
Uh, this is a, a very, very dangerous road to go down. And I would suggest the Democrats, as I have from the very beginning, about Donald Trump, and for that matter, any other Republican they don't like, they should simply try to beat him at the ballot box. You know, it's amazing, Senator. You make great points. On the one hand, they say he's the easiest to beat. On the other hand, they're doing everything they can to, uh, to bury him alive. What do you make of 91 charges, four different, really one, two, I guess five different grand juries, uh, Democrat DAs, you have a Democrat regime special counsel. All the juries will be made up of largely anti-Trump Democrats. The judges are largely anti-Trump Democrats. Not all, but most. Pretty bad, don't you think? No, again, Mark, it gets back to the point about trying to stop Donald Trump by means other than simply defeating him at the ballot box. Um, the Democrats could have pursued these charges at any time after uh, he left office. Yet they waited until the spring and summer of 2023, and they're scheduling trials, for instance, as the radical Obama appointee in Washington, D.C. has done the day before the Super Tuesday primaries. Mm -hmm. And that's because they know that Joe Biden is so weak, he's ruined our economy, uh, that he's not mentally fit to be president. And, And the only way they may be able to prop him up is to criminally charge not just the former president, Mark. That's bad enough. That's banana republic kind of stuff. But Donald Trump is also the leading candidate of the opposition party. That is really banana republic-style operation. That's something you see in uh, in Brazil or Pakistan or other countries, not in America. Um, and uh, again, this is a very dangerous precedent. That that water is already crossing the bridge, though, and we should not be surprised to see Republican Attorney General or Republican DAs, for instance, who have had. Hunter Biden or Jim Biden or even Joe Biden passed through their jurisdictions at some point in recent years looking for opportunities to charge them with crimes, just as these Democratic prosecutors have looked at Donald Trump, much like Stalin's chief of secret police once said, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. You know, there's an interesting piece, Senator, by uh, Byron York in the Washington Examiner the other day. And he had a quote this to you, a ride is the language of the unheard. On February 7, 2022, Senator Tom Cotton, a member of the Judiciary Committee, wrote a letter to Attorney General Merrick Garland. It was about the case of Montez Lee, a Rochester, Minnesota man sentenced to 10 years in prison for setting a fire that killed a man during Black Lives Matter riot in Minneapolis. You remember this case? And you remember what the Department of Justice did and why you were so upset about it? <laughs> I know. I remember it very well. This is during the BLM riots of 2020. Uh, many of your listeners may remember this terrible tragedy where a, a building was set fire and, and it killed a man who was inside it. It was a murder. This is not eluding, Mark. This is not, you know, shoplifting, bad as those crimes are. This is cold-blooded homicide, setting fire to a building on purpose, committing an arson, and in the course of that, committing a murder. And, and given this perp's rap sheet, which is as long as your arm, the federal sentencing guidelines said he should have spent up to 20 years in prison. Yet the Biden Department of Justice, not not his criminal defense lawyer, the Biden Department of Justice proposed to the judge that he only get 10 years because he may have committed arson that resulted in homicide. But, you know, it was for a good cause. 
it was for racial justice. He was writing because writing is the language of the unheard. The Department of Justice actually wrote those words in its court filing. And in fact, that's exactly what he got. Um, He's going to be out on the streets walking free many years earlier than he should have because he shared Merrick Garland's and Joe Biden's politics and because in their eyes, he had the right skin color. That is a travesty of justice, and it's an affront to his victim's family. So BLM, Marxist, murders an individual by setting a building on fire, arson. Justice Department goes in, much like the Molotov cocktail Ivy League lawyers in New York, where they slash that sentence as a result of the request by the prosecutors of the Department of Justice. And then we have people who committed no acts of violence at all on January 6th, Senator, and they're throwing the book at them. I'd like to know your opinion about that. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. You know, Tom Cotton, I look at these sentences some of these people are getting from January 6th, and I'm not talking about people who attacked cops, I'm talking about other people. Like they were in the building for about uh, 15 minutes, didn't touch anything, and walked out. Some of these people are sent to jail right out of the box. Some of them are getting a year, two years, some of them are getting six months, 18 months. What do you make of all this? Yeah, Mark, we talked about going into break. I think it's a stark contrast, stark contrast to what this BLM rider who committed an arson that led to homicide in Minnesota got obviously supposed to get 20 years, getting 10 years instead. Stark contrast to what the Department of Justice almost gave the president's son, Hunter Biden. Um, you, you have what is sometimes called the MAGA grandmas, um, elderly men and women who came to Washington on January 6th because they weren't engaged in legitimate protest. Um, You can agree with them, disagree with them. That doesn't matter. They were having the book thrown at them for being merely present, sometimes, Mark, just on Capitol grounds, much less the Capitol building, or being present in the Capitol building significant amounts of time after the riot first occurred and the Capitol uh, building was entered. Some of them may not have even known they weren't allowed to be there. Many of them left once they learned they were. Um, Yet, as you say, they're facing these silly inflated charges on things like, you know, um, obstructing or uh, official proceeding, which frankly probably doesn't even apply anyway, and I expect these convictions to be overturned in the Supreme Court, or, or parading on public grounds without... Let, hold on, a, I just want to explain uh, that to the American people. The obstruction is based on 
that same damn 1512 that they're using against Trump. These are the post-Enron obstruction issues that have absolutely nothing to do with this. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so the post-Enron uh, law was written in a way that you, you, know, you can't destroy evidence or otherwise engage in obstruction of an official proceeding, like a court hearing, like a SEC commission hearing. It was not designed for people who were walking around the Capitol grounds on the day we were voting to certify the Electoral College. The uh, D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals almost uh, struck down those convictions. I wouldn't be surprised if the Supreme Court does. But one of the other charges these people are being uh, charged with, uh, Mark, is a parading on public grounds without a permit. It shows you how far they're stretching the law. And my understanding is these are the vast majority of cases that go in this first bucket. We're not talking about the bucket of people who you know, went onto public grounds and um, damaged public property, who breached the doors, who otherwise rioted and caused damage. And we're certainly not talking about people who committed acts of violence against law enforcement officers, who should have the book thrown at them, or committed acts of violence against other people. But the large majority of these cases, my understanding, is people who are merely present on the Capitol grounds or merely present in the Capitol. And like, like I said, in some cases, they weren't even aware that the Capitol was not open that day. But because uh, you've got Merrick Garland, who frequently boasts that this is the largest investigation that has ever occurred in the department history, you know, larger than the effort to get al-Qaeda, larger than the effort to root out what was behind the BLM riots and the Antifa riots in the summer of 2020 that caused, you know, billions of dollars worth of property damage and took many lives. No, you're, they're turning their uh, guns on grandmas who came to Washington wearing MAGA hats. There was a young 22-year-old man who came with his uncle to Washington. Now, his uncle, you know, was much more aggressive, more violent. This kid wasn't violent in the least. He goes into the building. He's got a Trump flag, you know, on a pole. Doesn't touch a soul. Doesn't break a thing. Doesn't touch a police officer. And he goes in, and he takes the flag in the pole. He pushes it out the window for show. Then he brings it back in the window. Officer says to him, you need to leave the building. He leaves the building. Senator, they charged him with four misdemeanors. You know what that 22-year-old did, Mr. Senator? Uh, uh, what am I saying? Tom, you know what they, that 22-year-old did? He committed suicide. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrible, terrible, tragic story. And it's an example, again, of how it's the opposite of prosecutorial discretion in these cases, especially when you have this number of cases, you would expect prosecutors to conduct a kind of triage focus on the worst cases, the cases of violence against law enforcement officers or other persons, cases of, of severe property damage, not these minor offenders who may not even realize they were offending at all. But again, it, it's all a, a political effort that is misallocating department resources, using tools to pursue people like the one you just described that, frankly, they don't even routinely use against drug dealers, hardened criminals that they would sooner let out on the street because they're engaging, as we said in the, in the Minnesota case, of riding the language of the unheard. Well, I want to thank you for everything you do. I want to thank you for your straightforwardness, intelligence, all the rest of it, your friendship. And uh, keep up the good work, Senator Tom Cotton. Thank you, Mark. Good to be on with you. All right. God bless you. He's a good man. Good family man.
I don't even think he had an opponent last time he ran. <laughs> Which is always nice. Maybe he did. Maybe it was some kind of minor opponent. I don't know. Doesn't matter. But uh, he's been very good on these issues. Very, very good on these issues. Very good on the Constitution, the rule of law. Very good in trying to hold uh, Garland to account over these hearings. You can see, same with the FBI director. I don't know what we're going to do. We're going to have to elect a Republican Trump. Can't elect a guy like Chris Christie. Chris Christie will embrace all this. Chris Christie will give the Republican imprimatur to this. Remember what Chris Christie said? He's leading out. He's he's reaching out to the middle. You know, ladies and gentlemen, as I said before, sometime there is no middle. There's right and wrong. Where's the middle in right and wrong? I like Matt Walsh a lot. I don't know him. I mean, he's been on the show a few times, not socially. I just like the guy. At the Daily Wire, guy who wasn't even at the Capitol on January 6th gets 22 years in prison. It's just amazing. What's interesting, he says, is if you're a former GOP congressional candidate by the name of Enrique Torrio, Torrio was just sentenced to 22 years in prison for his involvement, quote-unquote, on January 6th. Mentions Kevin Benjamin Weir, who was one of the handful of militants who was arrested after the attack on the federal courthouse in Portland. After Weir pleaded guilty, Joe Biden's DOJ made a point to issue a press release about the many years in jail that this domestic terrorist was facing. Specifically, the press release stated Weir's intentional destruction of federal courthouses was punishable by up to 10 years in prison. Now, 10 years in prison is a little light for trying to torture a federal courthouse with people inside of it. But at least it's something. It's a long sentence, long enough, you might think, to deter other Californians from trekking to Portland for the purpose of burning down courthouses. But what's interesting is that Joe Biden's DOJ never released a follow-up press release after Weir was actually sentenced. They sent the message that this arsonist would serve some hard time, but they failed to inform the public that Weir's actual sentence, what was it? Well, it's not hard to answer. As it happens, Weir ultimately received a sentence that was no, nowhere near 10 years. That the Biden DOJ suggested he might serve. Instead, on the recommendation of federal prosecutors, on the recommendation of federal prosecutors, Weir received a sentence of two years probation. For trying to set fire to a federal courthouse. And indeed, Kevin Weir never served a day in prison. Not one. He did have to pay $200 fine, though, so there is that. So if you're a former GOP congressional candidate by the name of Enrique Terrillo, this is all very confusing. Terrillo was just sentenced to 22 years in prison for his supposed involvement on January 6th. Prosecutors had sought 33-year sentence. But the judge brought them down a little bit. Judge Timothy Kelly. What was Enrique Torrio's crime? Well, he didn't try to set the Capitol building on fire on January 6th. Unlike Kevin Weary, he didn't place a flaming piece of wood up against the federal building. We know that because on January 6th, Enrique Torrio was nowhere near any federal buildings. He'd been arrested for vandalizing a holy BLM banner a few days earlier was ordered by a judge to stay far away from Washington, D.C., which is what he did. And yet, he received the single longest sentence of any January 6th defendant. 
thanks to the Department of Justice and Timothy Kelly. It's a surreal news report in a lot of ways. For one thing, neither the reporter nor the two anchors seem remotely concerned, he's talking about a particular report, by the fact that Enrique Terreros was just sentenced to 22 years in prison for quote-unquote orchestrating a riot that he didn't even attend. There's no discussion whatsoever about what Terrio might have done or how exactly he facilitated what happened on January 6th. No one cares. So let's talk about it. According to the government, Torrio told his followers on January 6th to, quote, do what must be done, unquote. He also told members of the Proud Boys to organize a big crowd in Washington to storm government buildings. The scheme was known as 1776 returns. Sounds pretty ominous, storming government buildings. Where have we seen that before? Well, if you're not a goldfish and your memory extends longer than a few minutes, you know the answer to that question. Here's what the Supreme Court and the Capitol Complex looked like during Kavanaugh's hearings. And, of course, he provides video. In other words, the building was stormed, taken over. So these bang on the doors of the Supreme Court. They storm a Senate office building, and their punishment is absolutely nothing. They get zip-tied at most and let go immediately. Their Their explicit purpose was to derail a government proceeding. In fact, some of these activists barged into the Senate chambers. None of them suffered any real consequences. In fact, left-wing activists have committed acts of violence, even homicides, have received far lenient, sent more lenient sentences than Alika Trillo did, just did. Consider the case of BLM arsonists back in 2020 who lit a pawn shop on fire in the name of civil rights. Three days after St. George Floyd overdosed, Montez T. Lee decided to commit an act of arson that killed Oscar Lee Stewart. Stewart's body was found in the rubble for nearly two months wasn't found until nearly two months. What act of arson that killed Oscar Lee Stewart, Stewart's body, found in the rubble. What was Montez's Lee sentence? He got less than 10 years in prison. That's less than half the sentence. Less than half the sentence that Enrique Terrillo will face for sending some naughty text messages. Says I'm focusing on Enrique Terrillo because... His sentence is the most egregious, but there are many more examples of this obviously an unequal justice we're seeing. Consider the case of Joseph Biggs, a man with absolutely no criminal record. Biggs is an Army veteran who didn't hurt anyone on January 6th, but he did walk around the Capitol building, and he did help pull down a fence on the periphery of the building. And for that, Judge Tim Kelly, the same judge who sentenced to Rio, decided that Joseph Biggs needs to spend 17 years in federal prison. Where have we seen political demonstrators ripping apart fences in front of government buildings before? Oh, that's right. We saw it during the BLM riots that torched St. John's Church, crossed from the White House, and sent Donald Trump to the nuclear bunker. No one involved in tearing down that fencing and setting the church on fire was ever frog-marched in front of the cameras or sentenced to 22 years in prison. In fact, it doesn't appear that anyone involved in that incident or the burning of St. John's Church spent a day in federal prison. And he goes on. We got to break up the cabal of judges in D.C. We got to move subject matter jurisdiction to jurisdictions that have rational judges. Because these people are disgusting. That's right, Judge Kelly. You too. Disgusting. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
looking on Amazon.com, and we're number 14, which is great, because the book's not out yet. Um, but I wonder if we can get us into the top 10. What do you think, Mr. Producer? What do you think, Levinites out there? You want to do 40% off first edition books pre-order? It'll show up on your front step in literally 12 days. And we can all get our engines revved up and get to work here. I know you're going to love it. Jump in. I encourage you to do it. And thank you for everything. I hope you've enjoyed the show this evening. We'll be back tomorrow. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, the freedom fighters in Ukraine. Yes, Ukraine and Taiwan and the truckers out there. But most of all, you folks in this audience, you're great patriots. God bless each and every one of you. See you tomorrow.